You're listening to The Sigrun Show, episode number three. In this episode, I interview Kate Erickson, the host of the Kate's Take podcast, and the woman who inspired me to finally start my own podcast. Welcome to The Sigrun Show. I'm your host, Sigrun, creator of Somba, the MBA program for online entrepreneurs. With each episode, I'll share with you inspiring case studies and interviews to help you achieve your dreams and turn your passion into profits. Thank you for spending time with me today. Building an online business takes time, but you can get there faster with the right strategies. I share with you proven strategies on how to build a profitable online business from your passion. You'll also learn how to master your mindset, up-level your marketing, and succeed with masterminds. In this third episode, I interview Kate Erickson, the partner of John Le Dumas. Together, they run Entrepreneur on Fire, and Kate also has her own podcast, Kate's Take. You can get the exact steps on how to turn your passion into profits and the show notes of this episode by going to sigrun.com forward slash three. So I'm so excited to be talking to Kate Erickson. She is the reason I am doing a podcast and launching with 100 episodes in 100 days. So I'm truly honored to have you here as one of my first guests on my show. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. I'm so honored and I'm so excited for your podcasting journey. So I had been on the fence for a very long time and I guess... You will probably have more people telling you this, that uh, I was just, what am I talking about? And I'm doing videos. I was doing 100 webinars in you know 1,100 days, and I was getting a bit tired of it. And I thought, I want to move on to something new. And I had been going to social media marketing world for, this was my third year. And this year, I was being drawn to the podcasting talks. So I spent almost the whole day... <laughs> there listening to all the talks but I think your talk was the last Kate I could see you being somehow I don't know I felt closer to you than all the other people who seemed so I don't know famous or you know so far away so many steps ahead mm -hmm. in terms of podcasting and then you made it sound so easy well you just read your blog post and I'm like <laughs> I have hundred I have hundred webinars. I can just redo them. And I was my my brain was on fire and I took notes and notes and notes and notes and the decision was made on the spot to podcast thanks to you. So yes. <laughs> <laughs> So okay, so I I got to know you basically through this talk, but I would love for you to tell from your side, like, okay, besides doing a podcast and inspiring people like myself, what does Kate do? What, what does Kate do besides doing a podcast? Well, besides the podcast, which is actually a very small part of my, I guess, role in the business that I run with my significant other, John Lee Dumas, um, we have an entire platform that's called Entrepreneurs on Fire. So John has a daily podcast that he does with by the same name. Um, my podcast is a very small part of that. Um, so besides the podcast that I do, Kate's Take, which is where I take people behind the scenes of how we run our business, because I'm really the one like in the thick of implementing the ideas that John comes up with. So I like to yeah. share that step-by-step -step strategic 
process of things. Um, I'm also the one that's actually putting all that stuff together. So when we run like a new email campaign or if John comes up with a new idea to launch, like he launched the mastery journal earlier this year. Um, I'm kind of the project manager for everything that happens in our business. We have a couple of online communities that we run, one where we teach people how to podcast. Um, So I kind of man all of that or woman all of that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, this seems to be a very popular model. Uh, My husband actually works with me too. Oh, awesome. (laughs) Very cool. Yeah, he he retired about, uh, it's been like nine months now. So Mm -hmm. he's behind the scenes too of my business. So yeah, I love that when uh, I see more couples doing this and sometimes you just know about one, the other one is a little bit more behind the scenes. Uh So What made you come out with a podcast? Well, okay, so I've always been kind of that behind the scenes type person. Like that's really what I'm best at. I'm good at, um, you know, working the numbers, figuring things out, doing research. And that's always really been my comfort zone. Um, And so when I joined John in the business, we were dating at the time that he launched and I was full-time in a corporate job. I was working on an advertising and marketing agency doing project management type stuff. I just kind of had like this moment where I felt like this is my big leap into entrepreneurship. Like this is my big leap into personal growth and like this whole world that I really didn't know existed before. So how am I going to challenge myself to not only learn about entrepreneurship and not only become the best that I could be in the back end of our business, but how am I gonna stretch myself to start doing the things that make me uncomfortable, like being on the microphone, like being on stage, so many different things that really freaked me out. And so I thought, you know what, this has to be little steps because if you told me to get on stage five years ago, I'd be like, no way. I can't like there's I can't do it. It's too scary. I'll freak out. I'll freeze. I'll not have anything to say. And so I knew it had to be a little step. And when I gave myself the space to really think about it, I'm like, our whole business is built off from podcasting. And yes. we teach people how to podcast. Like why don't I have a podcast? (laughs) Yeah. And so that's kind of when I started really thinking about, you know, what would I want a podcast about? And what do I feel would add value in a podcast for our already existing audience? Like, how can I just add more value to what it is that we're doing? So I initially started my podcast to kind of take myself out of my comfort zone, Um, really be able to further leverage this already existing content that I had. I had so many blog posts and I thought, well, that would be a cool way to kind of repurpose this content and get it out to more people. Um, And so uh, that's when I launched Kate's Take. Yeah. Well, I love the name too. How did that come about? (laughs) So funny story is actually sitting with, um, at the time she was my accountability partner, but a good friend of mine as well. And we met up for coffee just to kind of check up on each other, like what was going on and what we were doing in our business. And I told her that I was kind of toying with the idea of doing a podcast, but I was kind of scared about it. And she was like, you definitely have to do this podcast. There's no way that you can talk yourself out of this. And what better name than Kate's Take? And 
yeah. that was it. <laughs> she, she's the one that came up with the idea. I have to give her full credit. Wow. So you decided to read your blog post. Did you go back to older blog posts or did it become like the new blog post being read or... So did I did it? I did go back because one thing that I noticed, and this was just a huge benefit for me having seen so many podcasters launch because of the community that we had created and the podcast training that we offer, um, you know, to our audience. I noticed that a lot of people launch podcasts and they get overwhelmed with the content creation. It's like, they have this big launch plan and they have a bunch of episodes in the bank to try and help them so that they have that space like once they launch. But then the episodes run out and they're like struggling to, you know, I need more content, I need more content. So what I did is say, hey, I've got probably a hundred blog posts that I've published on our website already. That's content that's already created a hundred pieces of content, like that's a lot. So why not launch my podcast, spend the majority of my time focusing on how I'm gonna grow this podcast, how I can make it the best podcast it can be, and not have to worry about the actual content creation because it's already created. All I have to do is read it. And um, so I went back to the very beginning and I did a whole content catalog. I sectioned my content off into categories of, um, you know, this is having to do with mindset and this is having to do with the startup phase and this is having to do with like a step-by-step -step process that I'm teaching. And I started rotating the different categories on the podcast to try to see which ones were performing the best, like which of these, what type of content is my audience really wanting to hear from me? So I basically used all of my already existing content to really narrow in on like that niche type of post or um, podcast episode that my listeners really wanted. And then from there, I was able to start creating the new content after, you know, I didn't start creating new content until probably episode 90 or 100. Wow. Yeah. So how many episodes did you launch with? This is always a question people ask when they're launching a podcast. <laughs> um, I, I followed the advice of John Lee Dumas and I launched with three episodes. So I had, yeah. you know, kind of my intro episode where I talked to people a little bit about me, my background and why I was doing the podcast and why they should care, you know, what value I was bringing to them. And then I launched with two other episodes in addition to that. So I see that you're doing seasons. Yes. And you talked a little bit about that in your talk. That was a little bit new to people. They think if they start, they have to do this forever. Yes. You know, in the same rhythm. What might you come up with seasons for your podcast? So when I launched the podcast, I was doing three times per week. And I thought, you know, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, it's a great frequency. It's spread out a little bit, um, but it's still consistent enough where I feel like I could leverage that to really get some momentum going for audience growth. That worked really great because there was always something for people to come back for. But for me, I'm very like organized. I like to see like order in what it is that I'm creating. And it got to a point where when I started creating that new content, um, you know, all my existing content, I feel like I could organize it really well before it went live. But when I started creating new content, it was a little more, I don't know if haphazard is the right word, but it's like, 
I couldn't see the pieces connecting. Like on Monday, I'd be talking about hiring a team. And then on Wednesday, I'd be talking about launching on Kickstarter. You know, it was just like all valuable information that I knew that my audience appreciated. But for me, I, I felt like I needed more structure than that. And we were getting to a point in the business where I really didn't have the time that I wanted to dedicate to my podcast to know that I was creating really, really great content every single time. So I knew I needed to kind of take a step back. I didn't want to quit the podcast. I didn't want to um, take this long break where my listeners are probably like, what the heck's going on? Like, where is she? <laughs> and so I thought, what if I started doing, and this was kind of I think about the time that Serial came out, the podcast Serial, and I thought, you know, there's a lot of posts and articles and stuff out about why that did so well and the episodic um, rhythm and like people wanting to come back for more. And so I thought, well, what if I did that with my content? What if I created a season where I could categorize this, you know, topic and put it in this nice little bow box? And then also give myself the opportunity to do like six weeks on and then six weeks off. It would give me that six weeks off to focus on the other projects and things that we're doing in our business. It would give me those six weeks on to where I can still connect with my audience and create this podcast. Um, so that was really my move to seasons. It was one, to kind of help me organize the content and feel better about the value that I was providing. And two, to kind of give me that break in between seasons to be able to focus on the other areas of our business. Yeah, I think I love that. That must still, though, impact like your growth, right? How do you deal with that? Definitely. So I do see that, of course, when I'm in season, I'm getting way more downloads than I do when I'm not in season because the only people that are downloading episodes out of season are maybe, you know, actually probably like my hottest leads as new listeners because they're probably finding the podcast for the first time and they're just picking and choosing little episodes to listen to. Um, but when I am in season, what I do is I really try and encourage people to subscribe to the podcast so that they know when the next season is starting, so that they have access to the bonus material that I publish in between seasons. Because even when I'm off season, I still will publish every now and then if I feel really compelled and, and have a topic that I want to share. So um, asking people to subscribe helps me to not lose listeners. So I definitely don't want to lose listeners as a result. And honestly, for me at this point with my podcast specifically, it's not a revenue generator for our business. Um, it's something that I'm really passionate about. It gives me the opportunity to connect with our audience in a way that I wouldn't be able to otherwise. And that's why I love it so much. So as long as I'm not losing audience growth, I'm okay with not exponentially gaining it. So yeah. that's kind of my yeah. standpoint on that. That makes sense. So one of the reasons I was so inspired by your talk was not just that you were reading your blog post, which I thought was awesome. I thought like, oh, I have this all this content to go back to. I don't have to create new content. You uh, touched on that already because mm -hmm. that is a huge block, creating all this content, but also your setup. You just had a picture of your setup and how you got started. Can you explain that over audio, your setup? <laughs> yeah, I wish I could show you right now because it's the exact same setup that I showed in that presentation. 
I literally just have a MacBook Pro, so my laptop computer. I have an ATR microphone that's a USB plug-in, so everybody has a USB on their computer. And I just plug my mic into my computer and that's it. Like I don't I don't have sound panels. I don't have anything fancy. I'm wearing my Apple earbuds that came with my iPhone. I mean, I've literally spent such a small amount of money in my equipment and it still works and it still sounds great. And I think that a lot of people who are just getting started feel the need to have like all this fancy stuff and it's really not required. I mean, if you want all that stuff, that's great. And sure, it will make your podcast sound amazing, but you don't have to have all that stuff to make your podcast sound amazing. No, that's true. That's so true. And your sound is good. So it's all working great. Thank you. <laughs> uh, so people listening to a podcast are generally podcasters themselves as well, or want to have a podcast. So what would you say to someone who is thinking of starting what's maybe in your shoes, like wants to take the next step out of this comfort zone, you know, broaden mm -hmm. the horizon? And what is the uh, steps you say you should take? So a couple of things. Number one, don't let yourself get all overwhelmed by all these things you feel like you have to do. Yes, launching a podcast, there are multiple steps involved with that. And yes, there are going to be things that you're not familiar with that are going to seem like impossible to figure out, like your recording software, or how you're going to edit your podcast or where you're supposed to upload your podcast or how you get it on iTunes. But I promise you, once you do these things once, it's going to feel like second nature for you to do them the second, third, 100th time. So don't become overwhelmed by the steps that are required to launch your podcast, because once you learn them one time, it's like riding a bike. And always remember that just like when I was stepping outside of my comfort zone, you don't have to go from point A all the way to point Z. You just have to take the very first step. And once you take that first step, you're gaining momentum, you're gaining confidence, you're gaining knowledge around what it is that you're creating. And every step after that is going to be a little bit easier because you've started that ball rolling. You now know what your next step is going to be. So just one step at a time and don't get overwhelmed. It's not overwhelming. It doesn't have to be. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's really great to hear. And I must say, uh, it's a lot easier than people think to start with a podcast. I get the fancy equipment. Well, not super fancy, but I'm a little bit of a gadget girl. So I, have to have <laughs> I love it. Uh, <laughs> so I get to wear my red headphones and, and things like that. But what I found interesting is that some blocks that I had before I did my first webinar, they come up again when I did my first podcast episode. Oh. Isn't that interesting how that yes. works? Yes. <laughs> what are some of these blocks? I want to hear. No, it's, it's about like, for instance, uh, having it scripted. If I do a webinar, I have no script at all. I have bullet points. Uh -huh. But when I did my first podcast just you know, like two weeks ago, I had scripted the whole thing. So I actually listened to a podcast from a recent episode of yours where you said you did not have shown a notes. And I was like, whoa, how did you do that? <laughs> well, it only took me 163 episodes. <laughs> um, yeah, like I said, I'm such an organized person and it helps me to have that content ready because it just, I feel more prepared. I feel more confident talking about what I'm going to talk about. So 
As a general rule, yes, I have my blog post written before I ever record an episode. So I have something that I could literally read word for word and that I did read word for word for probably the first five or six months of my podcast. If you go back to mm. like the first, you know, several, multiple, several episodes that I did, and you look at some of my iTunes reviews, people say, this girl sounds like she's reading directly from a blog post. And that's because I was. <laughs> <laughs> um, but as I practice more and as I kind of challenge myself, again, it's all about those baby steps, like just one step at a time. As I started kind of going off script and adding additional comments when I'd get to certain points, I started to become more comfortable with maybe not having my entire post written, but an outline in front of me to help guide me. Um, and then as you mentioned very recently, probably for the first time, I think ever since I started my podcast, I had no outline, I had no notes. I didn't even have a title for the episode, I don't think. <laughs> and you know, that was just like a challenge for myself where I'm like, this makes me very uncomfortable. I'm gonna go ahead and share that with my audience because I know that other people can connect with that. I know other people feel that way too. So why not let them know that they're not alone, that I feel that way, but I'm moving past that fear and doing it anyways. And to kind of hopefully share that message that it doesn't have to be perfect. And even when you're running a seven-figure business, you don't have it all figured out. There are a lot of things that scare me on a daily basis. And there's a lot of things that I have no idea how to do. But that's part of the journey and it's okay. That's wonderful. And uh, what would you say the podcast has done for you besides now you have a podcast in iTunes and there are people listening to it and you inspire people like myself with your talk. So I guess Thank being you. invited to speak at Social Media Marketing World would not have happened without it, I would assume. Absolutely. So what else had happened for you? What do you think you've personally gained from taking the step to do the podcast? Confidence, which I think was has been really critical on my journey as an entrepreneur. Connection. So actually hearing feedback and reassurance from an audience who is like, Kate, I am tuning in and I love your content and it's helping me do this in my business. I absolutely love hearing that. And just like when you emailed me too and said that because of that talk at Social Media Marketing World that you decided you were going to launch your podcast, like that is amazing for me. And I couldn't ask for anything more than to know that that ripple effect is happening. That because I overcame my fear and launched my podcast, I'm empowering others to do the same. And that to me is like amazing. So beyond the speaking engagements that I've gained, beyond the credibility that I've gained, beyond the confidence that I've gained, beyond just improving myself as an individual, being able to get on the microphone and speak to somebody and share knowledge and and share things that I've learned with other people, you know, then I also get to see that others are taking this leap on their own. And that's really special. That's absolutely amazing. And thank you so much for time, Kate. So I know Many of my listeners do know where to find you, but I still want you to mention it before we log off here. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Everything that we do is over at eofire.com. Okay, great. Thank you so much for your time, Kate. I really appreciate it. Yes. And we'll be following you more on your podcast. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to The Sigrun Show. Did you enjoy this episode? If yes, 
please share, subscribe, and give the show a review on iTunes so more people can enjoy the show. See you in the next episode.